Great to see all of you today. I'm Pastor Couples. I'm the lead pastor of Love and Truth Ministries, and I want to welcome all of our campuses who are joining with us today. And could you help me to welcome all of those that are in Savannah and Cordova and Henderson today joining with us. We're glad you're with us today, and we're believing for God to touch your life today through the Word of God. So get ready uh, to hear what God is going to say. I am beginning today a new series called Fulfilling My Mission. Now, how many of you remember back in the day a few years ago uh, that there was a series of movies came out that was called Mission Impossible? Remember that? And, and I love those, those uh, movies because uh, they were always challenging people to go somewhere and do something that they'd never done before. And here's what I found through the years is that God has a mission for all of our lives. Uh, I remember several years ago there was a movie. This is not going to be about movies, by the way for some of you that are nervous. But, but I remember several years ago, there was a, a movie that came out called, and this was not a spiritual movie, but called The Blues Brothers. Anybody ever seen The Blues Brothers? I've never seen the whole movie, but I've just seen enough of it uh, where they talk about that they're on a mission from God, right? I, but you know what? Everybody really is on a mission uh, from God. Recently, someone in our church gave me a book. Uh, it's a leadership book. It's a book, uh, a business book. And they said, Pastor, I think this could be of help to you. And the title of the book was Start With Why. Start With Why. And it's a study of, of Steve Jobs and Apple Computers and Martin Luther King and, and other great men and women uh, who have literally changed the, the way that we live and that the way society exists. And as I begin to read that book, I, I really begin to sense the Lord say, you know what, not only should we start in business with why, but we really ought to start in our lives with why. And so today, I'm going to start with you, and here's, here's the title of the sermon today, Why Am I Here? Why are you here? Well, I'm not talking about in the house. I'm not talking about in the church that you're sitting in. I'm talking about why are you on this earth? Why was it that you were created? You say, well, I was a mistake. Oh, no, you weren't. God does not make mistakes. Well, if, if I had been created, uh, you know, a, a different type of person or a different color person or, or a different gender, or, or the, no, 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 God created you just like you are, and you need to learn to understand that there's a couple of things today we're going to talk about why you are here, and, and I want to share that with you. But before we do, look in the Bible, if you've got your Bible with you, go to the book of Romans, the 8th chapter, the New Testament book of Romans, chapter 8. And, and I want to just share with you one verse of Scripture because I think that uh, it can kind of spark the discussion today of where we're going. Uh, Romans 8, 19 says, For the earnest expectation of the creation, that's what God has created, eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. In other words, God has created a planet. And, and when you begin to read the process of, of the biblical account of creation, God begins by, by creating the light and the darkness, and he begins by going through the whole process of all the animals and all the trees and all those things. But then the crowning part of God's creation was on the sixth day when God created mankind. 
When God created humanity, he placed us here. But he placed us here with a purpose, and that purpose was so that each and every one of us could fulfill the mission that he has called us to. And so what I want to do over the next few weeks is I want to enable you. I want to help you to fulfill the mission that God has for your life. How many of you want to, at the end of your life, to be able to look back at it and to say, I have really made a difference with my life. Would you lift your hands, those here and those who are watching? I, I, I really believe that there's something inside of all of us that we want that. Now, there's a couple of things I'm going to discuss with you today. First of all, the, the first reason that you are here, why am I here? Number one is, is you are here to get to know God. That's your number one purpose. Your number one purpose is not to be happy. Your number one purpose is not to get married. Some of you can amen that one. Um, you, I'm not going there. I'm going to be real good. Uh, your, your number one purpose is not to make a lot of money. The, the very first reason that you are here, why you were created, is that you were created to get to know God. The, the Word of God talks about it uh, in the book of Romans, the 8th chapter. Skip down just a few verses, verse 27. He says, Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession uh, for the saints according to the will of God. In other words, there comes this relationship with God. Now I want to tell you something. You can know about God without actually knowing God. You know, I know about President Obama, but I don't know President Obama. I would know him if he walked in the room because I've seen him on television, all the things that, that I've seen in the media, but I have no relationship. I know about him. I know a few things that I like about him. I know a few things that I don't like about him, right? But I don't know him. Now, if I got to know him, what I think of him would probably change. See, there are a lot of people who know about God, but they don't know God. They have a lot of weird concepts about God. They think that God is this gray-haired gentleman who sits in the sky throwing down lightning bolts. Uh, you know, other people have this whole understanding uh, of God that he is this benevolent, uh, you know, round face, round-bellied, uh, kind of like Santa Claus that's up there just giving us everything we want. And I want to tell you, God's neither of those. God is merciful, but God is also just. God is loving, but God is also righteous. And, and so you, you have to begin to come to that place where, where you say, wait a minute, I've got to find out how to know God. And I think it really is a progression in knowing God. Uh, the, the Scripture gives us some different pictures of that uh, when we begin to read Scripture. One of the ways that, that Scripture talks about knowing God is as a sheep to the shepherd. Uh, that, that is totally dependent. If you've, if you've ever studied anything uh, about sheep and how dependent they are upon a shepherd, number one is, and the Scripture calls us sheep a lot. Have you read that? Th there's some interesting things about sheep. Sheep have no natural defenses. They, if, if something comes against them, they, they have no way uh, to fight back. Also, sheep are not the brightest. I'm just telling you what the Word says. And, and yet the Word of God says that, that we can know God as sheep to the shepherd. But it goes on uh, that we can know God as a subject to a king. 
So all of a sudden, there's a, there's a different relationship. Now, it's not sheep to shepherd, it's subject to king. And I'm thankful, I'm thankful to know that he is the king of kings. I am grateful to know that he is the Lord of lords. I am thankful today that, that he is there in the, in the midst of everything that I am going through, in the midst of my struggle and my trial, that he is always there. But you know what? As you keep reading, you find out that you can find him in another relationship, and that is as a son to a father. Do you see the progression? We're, we're moving from sheep to shepherd, uh, from king to subject, and all of a sudden it's son to father. Now, I want to tell you, I love that relationship. If you had a good relationship with your father, now some of you didn't, but if you had a good relationship with your father, you love to think of God as your father because it's a healthy relationship. It's a great relationship. But you know what? There's one more level that the Scripture talks about that, that is just beyond anything, and that is a wife to a husband. That you can really come to a place of intimacy with the Lord that is beyond anything except the relationship of, of husband and wife in, in marriage. And when you begin to look at that, you say, man, how do I come to the place where I really get to know God that way? Do I just come and confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and get saved? Does that do it? No, that just starts the process. But you can move forward in this. And there are some things that I want to give you some real quick tools in how to get to know God uh, this today. Uh, first of all is you can know God through His Word. The book of Romans, the 10th chapter, the 17th verse says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? The Word of God. It's through His Word that I get to know Him. So as I study the Word of God, I want to encourage you. Get you a, a translation of the Bible that you can understand. Now, keep, keep the King James handy because that will make you spiritual. And it will make you feel real religious. And it will help some of your friends who think that, you know, Peter and Paul preached out of the King James Version of the Bible. So you can tell them, I've got one. But then go to the Bible bookstore or somewhere, go online, and find you a translation of the Bible in today's English that you can understand. There are a myriad of them out there because I want to tell you, if you're trying to read out the King James Version of the Bible, you're going to read about three scriptures and you're going to quit because it's like sitting down at the end of the day and trying to read Shakespeare. It's written in the same Elizabethan English and you don't understand it. And even, let me say this to, to, to those who have watched this and get a little upset by this, uh, even the translation of the King James Bible that we have today is a paraphrase of the original King James Version of the Bible. So just chill. Get a word of God that you can read, that you can understand, because in that you come to know the Lord. The second way to come to know the Lord is through prayer. Now, you can look this up. Luke 11, 1 talks about that. I won't read that today. Uh, but I want to tell you, prayer is not just a religious exercise. We make prayer way too difficult. I have learned in my, in my walk with God, in my journey with God, I have learned to enjoy prayer. I have learned to come to that place where I, I don't like missing my time with God, spending time in prayer. And that's not just something religious to say because I'm the preacher. That really is the truth. I like to talk to God. And I, and I want to tell you, don't get religious when you talk to God. You know, don't, don't start praying those religious prayers. Just, just talk to Him like you would talk to your best friend. If you're going through some stuff and you hate everybody that day, go ahead and tell Him. Lord, I just hate everybody. 
I am sick and tired of all of them. In fact, God, I wouldn't care if you just wiped them all out today. He understands. He's okay with that because he had a servant years ago named Moses who would do that quite often. He had another one named David who would talk about, God, I want you to break their teeth. I love that. Come on, haven't you had some people in your life you just like for God to break their teeth? Just smack them, Lord. All right, so prayer, as I pray, I come to that place of, of learning who God is. The, the third way that I, I come to knowing God and getting in a relationship with God is through personal involvement with God. Now, I'll explain that if you just want to write it down, through personal involvement. Uh, Psalm, the 34th chapter in the 8th verse says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. Now, I want to tell you, uh, you, you've got to come to that place of of becoming involved with God. That means that you ask God to do some things that nobody else can do. The Word of God lets us know that those of us who come to that place of involvement with God, that we understand that this is a cooperative effort. Let me me slow down for a minute. I want to tell you, if you can do everything by yourself, then you don't have God in your life. Because God always challenges you. Remember, we're talking about fulfilling our mission and why are we here. God always challenges you to do things that you're not capable of doing. And so when I get involved with him, there are some things that begin to happen. And what I know about this is that, is that when I become involved with God, those who know God won't fall. Now, that that doesn't mean they won't have tough days doesn't mean that they won't go through difficult things. Uh, Daniel 11, uh, 32 says this, He shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant, but the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. In other words, the enemy is going to come along in your life. But when you know God, you're not going to fall. And and when, when you have those moments that things aren't exactly right with you and God, understand that God is still there. That God is still in your life. The, the other aspect, when I am involved with God, what I have found is, is that I begin to believe God for impossible things. Amen? I mean, I just look at things and go, well, I, I, I think God, God's bigger than that. I, I look out at, at certain situations that are all messed up, and I go, God's bigger than that mess up. I look at marriages and go, that marriage is going east and west, but I believe God can bring them together. I look at situations where businesses are failing. I go, you know what? God's bigger than the economy. When you begin to understand that, uh, the, the Word of God says, understand this. The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. And so when I get involved with God, it is exciting because I can now begin to believe God for impossible things. Now, I don't know about you, but that's exciting to me. I love to see impossible things happen. I love to see people. Somebody came up to me before service today and said, Pastor, let me share with you. He said, I went to the doctor uh, this past week, and, and he told me I'm going to have to have surgery. But before he told me that, he said, I don't know how you are able to see at all. He said, you shouldn't be able to see. And she said, I just know that it's through the power of God that I'm able to see. Now, I want to tell you, that's doing the impossible. That's living an impossible life that makes no sense to this world, but God is able to take you forward. And you know what? When you're involved with God, you're bold. I mean, you just just say crazy stuff. 
You just say, I know what God's going to do. And people just look at you and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right? I mean, you, you just show up in places and go, God's going to take care of this. And they go, oh, no, 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 it's, it's too bad. And you go, no, 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 God's bigger than your, your stuff. And, and there's a boldness that, that comes upon you. And, and the, the last aspect of this involvement with God is that if you really know God, you have contentment in your life. Do you realize that we are missing out on contentment in our Western society? That we always have to have one thing more. And whatever you get, as soon as you've got it, they've come out with a new model. You know, I, I had this iPad, what, three months? And guess what? They came out with iPad 2. It's lighter, it's quicker, it's faster, it's sexier. You got to have it. Right? Man, I, I'm doing good to use this one. I can't figure out all it does. Why do I need to get another one? But that's, that's the way we live. That's, that's the whole process of life. And, and so when, when you get there and you're moving in this relationship with God and you're getting to know God, your involvement with God produces contentment in your life. And you begin to live from a, from a different place. And people, people look at you and go, you're different. And you go, yeah, I'm, I'm not stressed out like you. Man, what would happen, and i got to move on to the second point of this sermon, but what would happen to believers if they would really live in contentment? Hallelujah. I mean, we, we would not have near as many stress-related diseases. I mean, why is it that we go out and buy stuff that we don't need to impress people we don't like? <laughs> contentment. Knowing God brings contentment in your life. So that's how you get there. The second reason that you are here, number one is that I am here, is to get to know God. The second reason that you are on this earth is to live out purpose. Every person has a purpose. There's, there has been no one created that did not have purpose to live. And we've got to find out, how do I live out my purpose? Now, we've, we've heard a lot about this in the past few years with Rick Warren's book on a purpose-driven life, and it's sold millions upon millions of copies. It's a wonderful book. If you haven't read it and you want to know more about purpose, grab that book, get it, read it, and let it speak into your life. But let me just talk a little bit about purpose today. Uh, the book of Romans, the eighth chapter, would you, would you continue? We're still there uh, in that passage Romans chapter 8, verse 28 and 29 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are, are the called according to His purpose. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, here's the deal. We have been created by God to live out a purpose. You have a purpose. Do, do you realize that everything created has a purpose? Every product exists for a specific purpose. This stand is created to hold things. Now, I can use it to hit you in the head with. But that's not what it's created for. And it would hurt because it's made out of steel and metal and all kind of stuff. But it's not made for that. It is made to hold things. Everything has a specific purpose. God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And, and God created us like 
Him. Our purpose is to glorify God. That's our purpose. Your purpose on life, again, is to glorify God. It's to live in His glory. The, the potential of whatever is created of that thing is related to its source. I don't miss this. If I have created, okay, let's, let's again, let's use this iPad. This iPad is a great tool, but the person who created this can use this iPad a lot better than I can because they know all the intricacies of it. So some of you are, 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 you know, are into these games. You know, the, all that, you know what I'm talking about, Warcraft. and Come on, don't look so holy. I know you stay up to 3 o'clock in the morning playing, all right? And, and the more you get to know how all of that works, the better you are at it. And then they even have hidden things that once you find out what, what the hidden things are and the secrets are, you can do things at a different level. Why? Because when you find out what, what a thing is, the potential of that thing is related to its source. And so in our life, our purpose is only potential until work is applied. Let me say that again. I hope that's on the screen. Purpose is only potential until work is applied. Well, I got, I, I've, I've got a purpose. Yeah, but what are you doing with it? Well, I'm waiting. No, 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 that's just potential. Have you ever seen people with a lot of potential? Have you ever heard that statement made? Oh, they've got a lot of potential. But how many of you know having a lot of potential, there's a whole lot of people. In fact, I heard a guy say that the richest place in the world was the local cemetery because of all that's buried there. And it's not because of the money that they took with them. It is because of the potential that never got released. And so, and so when, when we begin to understand that, Genesis 2.15 says, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to tend and to keep it. In other words, he had to work to fulfill his purpose. Well, we didn't like that one, did we? So if, if you want your purpose to be lived out, you've got to find out what it is and to work it. The second aspect there is that your purpose has to be guarded. There are a lot of people who will steal your purpose. Again, in the book of Genesis, the third chapter, the serpent shows up to steal their purpose. Has God said? And he begins to question, and Adam and Eve sin, and they lose their purpose. You, you are called to do something. Now, a lot of times when we come to church, we always make that religious things. Well, I'm called to be a teacher in the church, or I'm called to be a preacher, or I'm called to sing in the, on the praise team, or I'm called to... No, and all that is true. That those are necessary things uh, that we need in the, in the church. But outside of that, every one of us have been called of God to live out our purpose. And when I find out what it is, I can begin to enjoy life at a level that is unbelievable. If you are doing something you hate, I would dare say you're not living out of your purpose. You, you can be making six, seven figures and still hate it. I recently talked with a guy who, who does corporate uh, counseling, and he told me, he said, he said, one of the greatest turnover in business right now and in profession are men and women in their 40s and 50s. He said, I'm talking about men and women who have achieved great success 
They've built their business. They've done all the stuff. And he said, but they come into my office and they just say, Dan, I, I, I'm tired of doing this. I'm making millions of dollars or I'm making hundreds of thousands of dollars, but I'm not happy. And he said, they quit doing that. And he said, some of them go make go and take jobs that they're not making $40,000 a year in, but they have found their purpose and they're fulfilled and they're happy. What, what a thought. Find out what it is. You say, Pastor, how do I find my purpose? Let me remind you what I always say about finding your purpose. What makes you mad or what makes you cry? Usually involves your purpose. If something makes you angry, then there's probably, if, if you look at poverty and it makes you angry, you're probably called to help people who are in poverty. If you weep over the plight of the unborn, you're probably called to help people who are struggling in what to do with their pregnancy. It's real. See, we've made it so hard. We've made it so difficult to find our purpose. And God said, no, 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 I've already put that inside of you. I have already built that. If, if, it, if it motivates you, if it excites you, if it gets you, then that's something that you need to grab a hold of and something you need to do. Uh, to live out your purpose, you've got to stay related to your source. Now, who's our source? God. I've got to stay in relationship with God if I'm going to be what God wants me to be. If I'm really going to live out my purpose, I've got to stay related to the source. Remember in the story there in Genesis, the third chapter, the Bible says God came in the cool of the day, and he said, where are you, Adam? And they said, oh, we're, we're finally spoke up. We're over here hiding. In other words, they had separated uh, from their source that was in their life. Uh, and, and here's what I found through the years is that human potential without godly purpose produces self-destruction. Can I say that again? Human potential without godly purpose produces self-destruction. Now, let me, let me just illustrate this from the news in the past month. One of the wealthiest men in the world, one of the men who was the head of the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, one of the men who was going to probably be the next president of France had all of the trappings of success and yet in a hotel room assaults a maid and winds up in jail and loses pretty much everything. Why? Because human potential without godly purpose produces self-destruction. We can all remember a few years ago President Bill Clinton at the peak of his success. Why do y'all look at me like this? And, and you, you will, he will, there will always be a footnote beside Bill Clinton's name, and it is Monica Lewinsky every time. Why? Human potential without godly purpose produces self-destruction. But when you find purpose, purpose always produces faith. When you find out what your purpose is, I mean, I've, I've watched people, and, and they get in the groove, and they start doing something that is their purpose, and their faith level just jumps to, to, to realms that are unbelievable. Why? Because now they are living out of the place that God has for them. Why am I here? I'm here to live out my purpose. I'm here to know God, but I'm here to live out my purpose. Living by faith requires us looking to the unseen. 
Have you ever been around people who, who challenge you? Anybody? Have you ever experienced people who, when you are around them, there is a challenge with them? Uh, there, there's a guy I've had in my life pretty much uh, from the time that I was a teenager that he challenges me every time I'm around him. Uh, he just turned 70. He, he has done great, successful things. And every time I talk with him, every, it doesn't matter. I keep thinking at some point he's going to run out. One day I'm going to be around him and it's just going to be, he's got no more, he has no more dreams, no more vision, no more idea. And yet every time I'm with him, there's something else he's thinking about. There's something else he's wanting to do. There's one more thing that he's got to do to make a difference upon this earth. Why? Because he's found his purpose and his purpose produces faith. When you find your purpose, you will live out of faith. Listen to what the NIV says about faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I challenge you to put a demand on the unseen. Did you hear me? I challenge you to put a demand on the unseen. Start believing for something out of your life. You say, well, pastor, I'm in my retirement year. Do you realize that Grandma Moses, how old she was before she started painting? Do you realize that Colonel Sanders took his first retirement check to start KFC? Do you realize that Caleb at 80 years of age said, I am still well able to take my mountain? Come on. As long as there's breath, there's purpose. Now, I want to tell you something about purpose, though. Purpose produces desire. i got to hurry and get through this. Purpose produces desire. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, Therefore I say unto you, what, th- what things soever you desire. Now, desire is not wishing or dreaming. I know a lot of people say, oh, I des-. no, no, no. That's, no, I, I, I want to be in good shape. But I want to eat everything in my way. Well, desire is craving something enough to sacrifice. Desire controls the direction of your life. Listen, I'm giving you one-word statements that can change your life. Desire controls the direction of your life. Well, I don't know how I wound up here. Your desires got you there. Go ask the addict. How did you get here? How did you lose everything? How, how, how are you out here on the street begging? What happened? Your desire directed your life. Now, if that's the negative. What about the positive? If I can take the same thing and I can turn it to purpose. The Bible says God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to the power of God that works in you. Purpose produces champions. Don't miss it. I'm closing. Purpose produces champions. In your life, God has called you to be a champion. Everybody listening to me today, God's given you the ability to be a champion. If Mike Tyson can be a champion, come on. I mean, think about it. I mean, think about some people that we have idolized. Lady Gaga, give me a break. That is the strangest human being upon the planet. Uh, you know, and, and yet... As, as twisted as some of those things are, 
God has given all of us the ability to be a champion. It's up to you. Whatever your purpose is, you can fulfill it. You really can. You say, how is that? Because whatever God calls for, God provides for. If God's given you a purpose, the Bible says God does not frustrate his children. So what's he called you to do? And let me close with this. Your purpose is as great as God's potential. Did you hear that? I mean, think about it. God's potential. God speaks and the things exist. My purpose is as great as God's potential. Why? Because he's my source. He's my source. Think about in the natural how mankind has been able to achieve things that are unbelievable. Some of you will remember this. Some of you that are my age or older will remember when John F. Kennedy said, we're going to put a man on the moon. When he said that, the technology was not yet invented that could put man on the moon. And yet, within a few short years, man stepped on the moon. Why? Because there was a purpose given. You say, Pastor, why are you teaching this? Because I want you to know why you're here. You're here to get to know God. You're here to have a relationship with God. But you're also here to live out your purpose. You're not to wander aimlessly in this life. I see so many believers who have no purpose and no direction in life that I get angry and therefore I know what I'm called to. I'm called to help people find their purpose. If I can help one person today to find their purpose and to live out their purpose, then what I have preached today is fulfilled because now my purpose has come through because your purpose has now moved up. That's what God's called us to do. So when I determine why I'm here, then I can begin to determine what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. And that's what we'll talk about the next couple of weeks. But first of all, I've got to know, why am I here?